You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 219, with Billy Keels. Have you ever thought about what life would be like without your 9 to 5? I bet you have. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, all of you amazing, abundant leaders out there. I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, and man, oh man, we have really gained some momentum over the last couple, about the last month, but really the last couple weeks, and quite frankly, I don't know where it's coming from because I don't pay for advertising for Men of Abundance. It's all word of mouth. So one of you out there, a couple of you maybe, have a pretty darn big mouth, and I thank you for it. If the rest of you want to get in on the action and want to be a part of the massive growth of Men of Abundance, of this podcast, of these amazing conversations, then make sure you share Men of Abundance in your circles by either sharing the website, menofabundance.com, or sharing directly from your podcast player, whichever one it is that you use. And make sure you go to iTunes or go to menofabundance.com. Underneath the podcast player, you will see where it says leave a review. You can click on that and leave a review in iTunes. Leave a rating, four, five, three-star rating, whatever it is. I want you to be honest because I want your honest feedback so we can only make the show better but make sure you leave a rating and review on itunes or on the podcast player that you use that you listen through on top of letting me know that you're getting something out of this show what that does is that shows itunes that you're interested that other people are interested in men of abundance and it pushes men of abundance up in the search engines so that when people are searching for anything abundance or any of the categories of the conversations that we're having here on Men of Abundance, then people will find it, people will be able to listen, and they too will be able to get access to this amazing content and these amazing conversations and possibly change somebody's life. And that truly is the magnitude of what we're doing here at Men of Abundance. Now guys, when you're daydreaming and you ask yourself, what if, do you ask yourself questions with answers you have control of? I'm not talking about questions like, what if I won the lottery? Sure, you have control in the the sense that you get to go buy a ticket. That's the extent of the control of you winning the lottery. And I'm not talking about questions like, what if I got a huge raise or a bonus from my boss this week? Sure, you have the control to do your job and do it well enough to get a bonus or a raise, but you don't have control on whether or not if you're going to get that bonus or raise. Only your boss has that control or the corporation that you work for. I'm talking about questions like, what if I took off on a 30 or 90 day sabbatical? Where would I go? What would I do for income? What would I learn about myself and the world if I was to travel a little bit more? That's exactly the conversation I have with Billy Kiel today. Billy asked himself questions like that, and then he took action. This is his story of living a life of abundance in his own right. Have you ever gone on a trip and wished that you could just stay and not return? My whole time in Hawaii, I met so many people that said, yeah, I came here on my honeymoon and never left. Well, Billy did just that when he left for his sabbatical to Europe 17 years ago. One day he asked himself the following question. What if I don't have to do this 9 to 5 job thing any longer? 
What could life have been then? How would it be to spend more time with my wife and kids? Certainly there was supposed to be more. More time with family and friends, more time for vacation and travel for fun, more time to create assets that would bring more returns than a paycheck. As an employee, Billy was working each and every day to build someone else's dream. It was time to make a change. Now Billy is leveraging his strengths, his education, his ability to speak five languages, his understanding of real estate across markets, and his leadership and team building skills to help others find great investment properties in the U.S. Billy is an author, speaker, teacher, and long-distance investor. As the founder of Keepon Cashflow, Billy Kills invests in properties in the United States while living in Barcelona, Spain. Now listen guys, there's no overnight success. Billy continues to work toward his vision and goals. Topmost of his list, building a bridge between investors and buyers in Europe with sellers in the U.S. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Billy Kills. Billy, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How you doing? Well, Wally, thanks so much. I'm really looking forward to uh, to the conversation, man. It's been a long time coming. We've <laughs> you've been on the calendar for a little bit, and then we were supposed to talk yesterday. And since I'm, I don't know if it, I, I very seldom get sick, but since I've been here in Florida, I've gotten sick a couple times. I don't know if it's the change of climate or what it is, but I've been really congested lately. But I greatly appreciate your flexibility and jumping back on today, so we can get you, you know, get this episode posted. Yeah, likewise. And well, first of all, I guess that's part of the adaptation process. So you'll you'll go through this just fine. It's part of what happens. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and then also, too, I appreciate your uh, your patience with me as well, because I've been doing planes, trains and automobiles once again. So yeah, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, too, because I dig I dig as much as you're traveling and and what you got going on, man. So where are you at in the world today? So I am in Barcelona, Spain. This is where I now call home. This guy from Columbus, Ohio now calls Barcelona, Spain a uh, home. And uh, I was actually just in, uh, in Mallorca today. So uh, just a little island off the coast of, uh, of Spain. That is so freaking cool, man. That is really cool. We're going to get more into what got you out there to Spain and, um, and what you got going on. But before we do, you know, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Uh, well, you know what? Today I woke up he- healthy and happy, and I had a chance to talk to my wife and my sons, who are not with me right now. They're away. They both, uh, all three of them, told me they love me, and um, and I get a chance to speak with you. So those are some of the things that I'm I'm very very grateful for today. So that, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And since I've been here in Florida, we were talking pre-show, and some of you guys already know that I finally transitioned from Hawaii to Florida. And the way my lifestyle is now, I basically, I I very seldom wake up to an alarm. I just wake up when I feel like waking up. And I know you're still doing a nine to five as I am, only mine's like a more of a one to nine. But um, what kind of, you know, what's your day look like as you're, as you're getting up and greeting the family and getting your body moving a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I like to do um, before I get started, I really start with my myself. So one of the things I used to do is get up and, and do meditation. So I would do meditation probably somewhere between 20, 30 minutes in the morning and then get some exercise uh, three to four days a week. Um, and, and about a month, uh, just over a month ago, I read a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And so today actually was day 30. Uh, of putting the book into practice. So 
that's what I'm now going through the kind of the savers in the beginning of the day to stay focused on making sure that my mind and body are right so that I can help others. Uh, after that, usually start into the nine to five. And I say nine to five, but I actually start probably around nine, eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. I'm usually on a plane traveling somewhere. If not, I'm on the phone most of the day. I work a very demanding um, enterprise software sales uh, role. And then I usually finish that um, later in the evening, have dinner with the kids. Uh, once the kids go to bed, spend a couple minutes with the, uh, with the wife as well. And then usually get back to building uh, my dream and our dream, uh, usually till about 11 o'clock, 11.30. And then I'll read a book for a little bit and crash out and then uh, kind of rinse and repeat. Uh, yeah, I like how you said that crash out because I take uh, multiple naps throughout the uh, throughout the day. I'm just because I just get, you know, I'm, I have a lot of other medical issues and whatnot, but um, I don't want to get into that. But the bottom line is when I feel tired, I just go lay down. <laughs> I love doing that, man. Naps are awesome. Yeah, so that's cool, man. I, I dig that. It's 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 real important. That's a very good book, by the way. Uh, and we're going to talk more about other books later on. But um, Miracle Morning is a great book. And then there's another one. There's many others that follow on to that. But Cameron, Cameron Harold co-wrote a book with Hal Elrod uh, called Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And um, Cameron is a past guest of mine on, on Men of Abundance as well. But that is another great book. Cameron or um, Hal writes most of the book, the front end of it, and then it goes into the entrepreneur stuff. So those of you that are entrepreneurs out there or strive to be, you want to see what it takes to do to really be an entrepreneur and all it takes. It's a very good book to start with because a lot of people think, well, being an entrepreneur, I just get to do what I want to do when I want to do it. But chances are you'll end up working a lot more than you ever will at a job. And for those of us who are doing both, <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. piled on top of each other. So, Billy, how would you describe yourself? Um, I would describe myself as somebody who has been loved by many people for the majority of my life, which has allowed me to um, always, I guess, be curious, uh, more curious than than most sometimes. Um, I guess also not uh, someone, I guess also someone who loves a lot, not necessarily uh millions of people um, in that way, but uh, I really hold and cherish friendships uh, a lot uh, when it comes to wanting to get things done and, and having goals set. I, li- I like to set goals and I like to be able to uh, create the environment for the people that are around me, specifically teams, um, so that they they feel motivated to go out uh, and accomplish whatever task uh, is at hand, whether that's in the corporate world or now in my, uh, in my in building my own dream. Um, and, and somebody who just, I guess, is is used to learning from failure and, and working to uh, improve as much as possible every single day. So um, I guess that's how I would describe myself and, and also someone who loves uh, loves my family and loves being able to uh, to, to be a father. So that's uh, that's something that's really important to me as well. Yeah, that's a true description of a uh, of a true abundant leader right there, man. That's uh, really cool that, you know, you you strive what you do what you can to love and love as many people as you can and you know it, it has a lot to do with being accept you know accepting love into your life as well mm, yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah so as you know on the show you've listened to a couple episodes we uh 
like to get into this kick in the gut moment. And this is the reason why we do this is because the reason why I always ask this question, quite frankly, is because we all have these kick in the gut moments. And it's what we do with them that really some kind sometimes define who we are and kind of resets the trajectory of um, of our life. So if you would share that kick in the gut moment with us and really make us feel that. Um, you know, I guess the, the, the first real kick in the gut moment happened when I was um, probably around 10, 10, something like that. And, um, when my parents started having marital issues, um, you know, it, cause basically the whole schema was you, you, your parents are together and that's kind of the thing that was the surroundings that was around me at the time. And then when my parents eventually divorced, I think that was probably the biggest kick in the gut moment because uh, being the oldest child, I didn't really know what my role was anymore uh, because, you know, that dad was not in the house. We were with mom. I have a younger brother and younger sister. And it, I guess when I think about it, that was probably the first big emotional kind of kick in the gut, if you will. Um, and also, too, you don't really know how to react because or I didn't know how to react uh, at the time, although I was receiving a lot of love from both my mom and my dad. Uh, you have a brother and sister that are looking to you for um, for comfort or kind of for some direction. And I was too young to realize uh, really what was happening other than uh, we were now not like all the rest of the kids. Uh, little did we know that many years later that it would start to become, unfortunately, more the norm. Um, but that I think was the first kind of kick in the gut moment. And, and I guess what I realized now is even though we got kicked in the gut because we were getting, or I was receiving love from our parents and they were focused on making sure that I was okay and that my brother and sister were okay, started to realize that, well, I guess this is just another one of the situations in life where we're a bit different than everybody else and started to realize that that's okay. Um, because I had the right direction and the right, uh, the, the right amount of love around me. Um, so I, I guess that was the kind of the first kick in the gut moment, uh, in life. And, uh, there've been many, many, many others since then, but that's kind of, that's the first like emotional kick in the gut that I can remember. Yeah, I can feel that personally because I've, uh, I've been there. How do you think that that made you grow as a man? So as a man, I guess, number one, it put me in a position where I, I did. Am I the head of household? Am I not? Um, and so there was that kind of insecurity, but then pushed into the position, number one. Number two, and uh, when I think about it, man, my dad never went anywhere. It's just the relationship between my mom and dad didn't work. So mm. I, I still was able to talk to dad and asking him questions. Um, and even some of the uncertainties that I had, and it's just, no, look, I'm, I'm still your dad and I'm still the, the, the head and responsible for you. Um, the thing is, is just me and mom are no longer together. And, you know, I look back at it now and I, and I think, wow, my dad's newly remarried and he's super happy and, and I love my, uh, my stepmom and, and, and mom is, uh, you know, mom right now is, is, is by herself and she's super happy. So, um, you know, it, it was a tough, tough situation. And at the same time, once again, because I was getting the love and had access to both of my parents, it was just, I guess it was going through the motions. Where it was a bit stranger was at school, because at school at that time, I mean, we're still talking, this is a middle school and, and high school, so late 80s or early 90s. Most of my friends at the time, their parents were all still married. So I was kind of like the, 
the guys who stood out. So I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it at school. Um, that ended up becoming a big benefit when I was in college and after college, because then many of my friends from high school, their parents started divorcing and all that other kind of stuff. So it actually came around. <laughs> um, but at the time, it was, a, it was a bit challenged. But because there was always the love, I never, I guess I, I just kind of kept going and moving forward through it. So yeah. I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it does. And thanks for sharing that. Because, you know, sometimes that that type of personal, getting that personal isn't really easy to share. So I do greatly appreciate you sharing that uh, with us. Because I feel it's important that we as men have these conversations like this and really kind of work through a lot of this stuff. Uh, it's my, I, I'm just convinced that it is. There's nobody that can convince me otherwise. I used to be the guy that was the opposite of that. But um, I've, I know better now. So... You've got just so much going on now. I mean, you're in Spain. How did you end up in Spain from the United States, you know, born and raised, and now you end up out in Spain. You decide, hey, look, what if what if I want to travel and just not return, not not go back to my old, you know, the old humdrum of the life of doing what everybody else is doing? Where did that all come from, and how did you end up there? Yeah, sure, man. Um, so if you don't, if you give me like two minutes, I'm going to tell you the full story. The, the short answer is love. That's how, that's how I got here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's how I got to Barcelona. But uh, being a guy from Columbus, Ohio, I was, um, you know, like I said, we had a chance to, I was the first in, in the family to go to, to college. I, I went to college in the Southwest of the state of Ohio at a university called Miami University. Had an awesome job. After I finished college, uh, I worked for a company based out of St. Louis, Missouri. And Wally, I mean, in the five years after college, after I graduated from college, I had a chance to work and travel throughout some 58 different countries. So it just completely blew my mind. And I was working with Fortune 500 CEOs and their and their leadership teams primarily or top winners and, and, and things like that. So I had a chance to see an amazing amount of the world that I never even imagined, right? And that just completely blew my mind. And so I didn't see myself going back to like, after that experience, five years, 58 countries, doing a quote unquote normal nine to five job. So I decided to take a one year sabbatical and I wanted to learn a foreign language. So I, I wanted to learn French. I was accepted at university in France at a university called the Sorbonne. And I wanted to learn, I had three goals for myself. I wanted to learn the French language, more about the culture, I wanted to learn how to salsa dance, and I wanted to learn more about wine. And so I always kind of joke. I say, well, I went to France. I learned more about wine, and that wine drinking helped my salsa dancing. So that was kind of uh, one thing led to the next, which was kind of cool. Um, but then I was only supposed to stay there for a year, and I didn't actually plan on – well, I didn't want to leave after nine months because it was I was really starting to learn the language, and my salsa was getting better, and I was learning more about the wine. And so I was fortunate enough to some of the – um, relationships that I'd built before, I had a chance to start a, an opportunity, a, a professional opportunity. So I stayed in, in Europe. I moved from Paris down to the south of France. Um, and when I was in the south of France, started working in IT. Um, they then sent me after a year and a half or two years to Italy. So I had a chance to work in Italy and build a sales team there Then went back to France. And right before I went to Italy, I met a little Spanish girl and uh, she kind of stole my heart and we stayed in touch. And, and when I came back from Italy, we were still in touch. And then we spent time going back and forth between Barcelona and Montpellier. And one thing led to the next. I moved to Barcelona. We ended up getting married. We have two beautiful boys who are full of energy. And so that's the 
kind of the Reader's Digest version of how a guy from Columbus, Ohio, ends up making it here to Barcelona, Spain. So. That is beautiful. One year sabbaticals, man, they can go a little bit crazy. So be careful. Anybody sabbatical. So you speak four languages. You already, you know, I know obviously English, French. What else do you speak? So I speak uh, English, Spanish, French, Italian. And I also speak a language that they speak in the region where I live in Spain, which is known as Catalan. So I actually speak five. And I usually, during the day, I actually speak Spanish and Catalan for my job. So if I say anything that sounds a little bit strange during the interview, it's just because I'm, I'm usually speaking Spanish or Catalan during the day. <laughs> Wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. My wife is, uh, uh, from Panama. So we're both oh. English and Spanish speakers. Oh, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. And my Spanish is, is not as, here's the thing living in Hawaii for 10 years, I, I had to more understand the biggest population in Hawaii, believe it or not, is Filipino. So Tangalang is the language that many speak there and Japanese. (laughs) I mean, obviously English is the number one language, but uh, next is Tagalog and then Japanese. Uh, So coming to Florida, to Tampa, Florida, I very quickly need to brush up on my Spanish because damn near everybody here either speaks Spanish and English or just speaks Spanish. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first time my wife went back to the States with me. We went to New York and she was all nervous about, oh, they might have to speak English and this and that. We got to New York. It was like she was she. And after the first day, she was like, "You know what? I think my English is much better than I thought." <laughs> well, you don't have to speak English. <laughs> it certainly is. Absolutely, that's for sure. Especially New York as well. Yeah, most definitely. That's cool. Yep. I, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. I'm saying keep on cash flow. Because yep, I'm reading exactly. it like it is. Where does that? I, I'm intrigued by names. Where does that name come from? So keep on cash flow, and so I mean you'll appreciate this as well. While having a bilingual family, so um, it comes from the combination of my last name Keels and my wife's last name, which is Pond. So and and we put those together. So keep on K E E P O N is the first three letters of each of our last names, and it represents our children, right? Because they are the uh, the our our offspring, if you will. And at the same time, it's a play on words, uh, which is really interesting because in our household, when you speak multiple languages, the words are, are really important. So one of the things we think about is when we keep on moving towards our goals or we keep on failing and then learning from our failures or we keep on doing whatever. Um, and, and, and the big focus of what I do is creating cash flow. So it's keep on cash flow. That's where the uh, that's where the that's the, the genesis of the name. I got that last part uh, that that I figured out. I thought, well, maybe it is just that keep on cash flow. And then with Billy, yeah, just wonderful. <laughs> I dig yep. it, man. It's awesome. So where did all that come about? What, do, what are we doing there? Who are you talking to and what's the message? Yeah, so I mean, the, the thing is the, the keep on, it really started from, I mean, I was initially, I never planned on having a, a company or, or doing any of this stuff. I mean, after having gone through, get, get the right education, get the right jobs, climb the ladder, do all those kinds of things. I guess the part that I was missing was, you know, everybody said, put all your money in the 401k and mutual funds and all that stuff. So one of the things when you're in the four different asset classes, primarily I was invested only in one of them, in, in which was paper assets. And so after 2000 and then 2008, when the stock market took a took a hit, I really felt like I didn't have any control. So I was looking for new things. I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That changed my life. It took a couple of years for me to actually go from finishing the book to actually putting things in motion. But 
uh, once I did that, I wanted to actually apply all the things that I learned in the book, and I wanted to do that here in in Spain. And so I wanted to go out and buy um, a, an apartment, and then that was going to cost too much. And then I wanted to buy parking spaces, and then someone said, "Well, why don't you buy back in the U.S.? You're American." And I thought, "Well, I never really thought of that. It's you know five six thousand miles away. Why would I ever do that?" Um, but one of the things that happened is as I had friends that were here in Spain initially, they were asking me questions about my business as I was giving them all the details and what the struggles and the challenges. And, um, and a couple of friends said, Hey, you know, I want number one, I was getting the same questions over and over and over and over. But there were three friends in about four or five months, as my memory recalls that asked me about being able to invest with me. And I thought, well, no, man, I, I don't want to do that because I'd always been taught don't ever mix friends and, and money. And then another friend asked the same question. And I said, no. And the third friend asked the same question. And eventually I thought, well, you know what? If these three friends see something that's there, then why would I, they're seeing something that I don't. So then I got more informed and uh, one thing led to the next. And I ended up creating a, a company, which kind of really helps uh, investors create cash flow for themselves. Um, but one of the other things, because I was asking, answering the same questions over and over and over, uh, one of my mentors recommended, he was like, well, why don't you just start answering these questions? Cause you're forgetting the same ones and just answer them. And so then I uh, built a website and, and have started using more and more social media, which has been a great way to connect with new people, uh, as well. So maybe once again, it's a little bit long winded story, kind of how keep on cash flow came about, but it was really through some personal pain, through not having control in the stock market and then a lot of pleasure on the other side where I had friends that saw an opportunity that I wasn't really seeing and also being able to go out and coach and, and mentor and share and educate uh, the marketplace in, in, in a way that most people would not think of because they don't think that you can live in one continent and invest in real estate in another. And I can pretty much tell you it can be done because I'm doing it. Yeah, well, yeah, good point. I mean, and all everything you just mentioned is a perfect formula. I don't know about perfect. I don't know if it's ever perfect, but it's a great formula anyway for a business model. I mean, you had a passion, you saw a need. Um, there was, you know, proof in the market. And the fact of the matter is, you know, you already had the knowledge and you're just sharing it. And I just think it's amazing uh, that you're able to monetize such, such a thing and then live where you want to live. I mean, obviously living in Spain, doing business in the United States. And yes, I know people that have real estate all over the world. Uh, right. And I mean, I know of people, but I personally know people who have real estate all over the world. And there are certain, you know, certain places you have to have. Uh, citizenship to own land and stuff like that, but many places you don't. And it's very similar in a lot of ways to doing business in North America, United States and Canada. So that's really cool. And then of course you have knowledge in all of that, that many people want. And also I'm looking at your website here. I'm noticing that you have uh, one of your latest podcasts or one of the podcasts with uh, Tyler chef. I have him scheduled for August 8th to have a conversation with him with the cash flow guys. So I'm pretty excited about that. What was your uh, relationship with Tyler? Very cool. So you know what, Tyler and I actually we uh, we started in real estate. He started a little bit before me, and he has been a, a great friend, uh, and also I consider him to be a mentor of mine as well. Uh, we really got started together in, in the real estate uh, space, in the multifamily space, 
and he is just a, a really, really stand-up guy. Somebody that, uh, and it's funny, man. It's, that's cool. It's, it's cool. You got in touch with Tyler as well. He's he's awesome. When you speak to him on August 8th, tell him I said hello. And hopefully, Tyler, if you're listening to this, what's up, big guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he like you. Your, your folks reached out to me, and then his folks reached out to me. So I must be doing something right, man, if all these amazing men like you and Tyler are reaching out to me and, and wanting to be on my show, man. I think it's I'm just super humbled every time I get an invitation like that or get a request. It's so awesome. Yeah, you know what, Wally? I, one of the biggest things is, is I think it's a great place where you create a forum um, for for men to be able to come together and to share and I guess not just men, but also for women to be able to gain insight into some of the things that we're thinking about where some men, we may not feel comfortable initially talking about it, but here we can go and we can listen and we can see that we're not alone, that there are people that are also thinking about health and spirituality and wealth. And uh, and so the fact that you are also taking that responsibility, because at the end of the day, it's a big responsibility and you're you're shining that light. It's just, uh, it, I mean, it's it's attracting people to you. So I think it's a testament to uh, to you to be able to have uh, followers and create this safe space for us. So Yeah, I greatly appreciate your comments on that, and that's absolutely correct. And one of the things that I found very interesting is that my close friends, and the same with other people, men don't want to have these conversations with their coworkers and some of their close friends, quite frankly. But when I get on the phone with them and somebody contacts me and, and first off, I take it very, very personally and very seriously. If I'm going to consider coaching with somebody either on a personal level and living a life of abundance and, or in their business, because business is very personal as well. Yep. And I take that, that invitation very seriously. But what I found is perfect strangers will open up to me much more than close friends will. And it's the same. They won't open up to their close friends, but they'll open up to me quicker. And they'll tell me things that I'm just like totally honored that they would share that type of information with me. So it is a huge honor, and I greatly appreciate you saying that. Yeah, man. Yeah, well deserved. Well deserved. Awesome. So we are at the point. Well, actually, what I want to do now is, you know, kind of get a few good news stories based on what it is that you're doing, who you've been able to help. And um, because I'm just a sucker for good news stories. Do you have any that you'd be able to share? Well, I mean, one one thing that I'm doing, aside from uh, well, being able to get ready to take my kids back to the States, and that may make them happy because they get to see grandma and grandpa on the U.S. side of things and uh, nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters. That's kind of a good news story that I'm excited about. Um, I'm also, I've, I've been working with uh, one person in particular, I really want to help uh, a guy who is interested in doing long distance investing. So he lives in Europe and he wants to purchase properties back in the States. And I've been working with him one-on-one and it's just so great to see uh, somebody who is so motivated um, actually sees that there is someone else that's doing what they want to do. Uh, and knowing that I can be an inspiration for him and also because it, it sh- it's also just confirming that I'm able to help and contribute to someone else's growth, right? Because I've all, when you think about that whole growth and contribution pendulum that I'm moving from the, from, the, uh, from the growth where I'm just taking, taking, taking to be able to give back. And so that is something that I'm really, really excited about uh, as well. So I guess those kind of would be the, the two things that are on the horizon right now. Yeah, that's really exciting on both parts. Very exciting. I just recently uh, posted on on my most recent episode, uh, which today at the time of this conversation is July 
17th. <laughs> so an episode just posted yesterday. And in the pre-show, what I talked about was don't let what you don't know hold you back. Because that was part of the conversation uh, that I had with that guest. And this is the same thing, guys. You know, this, this gentleman that Billy's talking about doesn't know how to do what he wants to do. So he sought out somebody who is doing what he wants to do, and he's learning from them, from him. And you can do the same thing. There, there's so many people out there that are willing to mentor you, coach you, many times for a price, but it's a price well spent. It's, it's definitely an investment. If it's something that you truly want to learn how to do, rather it's learning another language, learn an instrument, or learn how to invest in real estate in another country. Oh. And, and I would say, aside from and just to build on that, uh, while it, I mean, one of the things that I've learned through speaking five languages i think a lot of times people just think well wow you speak five languages is but that's kind of where i am today what we forget and i guess i i did i wasn't really aware of it as so much but to be able to get to this level of fluency in five different languages when i started at 27 and only spoke english is i've failed millions of times not just once or twice or i mean millions of times to be able to go from learning the vocabulary, then the grammar, then the structure, then the verb tenses, and then to actually do it and, and speak in front of other people. And so even when you are working with someone else who's been there before, you've got to take what they tell you and put it into action. And don't worry about making mistakes. That's part of the process. Like you have to make mistakes. And the important part is to learn from them, learn from them and not repeat them. Um, and, and I, I just, I, I, even when, cause even I've worked with mentors and coaches, but at the end of the day, I had to do the work. Yeah, exactly. And on the, on the whole, you're bringing me back, man. While I learned Spanish, it's funny because I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona and it was predominantly Hispanic and I really didn't care to learn Spanish then, even though I took Spanish in high school, didn't learn a darn thing, took French in college. Uh, no, wait, was it, yeah, took French in college, still wasn't, still didn't learn anything. But then I, when I first joined the military, I was in South America, Bolivia, Panama, and then I ended up in Bolivia. And I used to spend a lot of time talking to the kids because as a medic, I sat a lot. I sat and waited for somebody to get hurt, basically. I worked with engineers while they're working on roads and building buildings and all kinds of stuff. And I'm talking to the kids, so I learned my Spanish, but through immersion, through talking mm -hmm. to the kids, right? But then later on in, in my career, my one of the units I was with, a special ops unit in Panama, they sent us to Puerto Rico to the Defense Language Institute to learn Spanish. And we learned Spanish in the classroom. And that's when I started learning how to conjugate verbs and all this other stuff. And then I realized I was totally jacking up the language. And then I was intimidated by the whole process, right? So I just, it, it's another point I want to make. And you can please chime in on this because this is one thing that drives me crazy. I've been to 23 countries on five continents myself. And every time I see Americans in a different country and they want to speak English and they get pissed off because the person that they're talking to doesn't speak English and they literally get pissed off and they're like, you should understand me and I should, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I want this. I'm like, what an arrogant ass. And then I'll walk up to the vendor or whoever it is they're talking to and I'll make an attempt to speak the language wherever it's at. And they'll go, don't worry about it. I speak English. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm thinking what I learned from that is if you at least try, they're yeah. going you're going to get across and you're going to they respect you for it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, it, I guess the same kind of thing after having now lived outside of the U.S. for I guess I'm going on since 2001. So going on 17 years in, in three different countries, living in three different countries between France, Italy and Spain. 
it, it when when I guess from from the American perspective, I I, I didn't get it in the beginning, but I guess because we are so isolated back home normally. So if you don't have a passport or you haven't traveled, it, the the perception is everybody in the world speaks and knows English. And so I, I kind of understand how that happens. And, and I guess what I want to always do is very similar to what you just did, what you just talked about, Wally, is de- actually demonstrate and show other people, um, local people, wherever you happen to be in the world, as well as our fellow Americans, by leading by example and just showing that, hey, listen, even if I am in uh, Myanmar, uh, you know, Burma, I would try to speak local language if I could, or at least, you know, something so that you try to make that connection. And then afterwards, yeah, either people do speak whatever your language is, English in this case, or at least you get the smile and you get an interaction, which is super cool. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, it's about how do you connect or communicate with other people? Sometimes you just have to do it hand to hand or writing on a piece of paper. Eventually, we, we, we make the connection though. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, while we're not communicating verbally, we're communicating and we get right. our point across just, to, just the same, you know? Yep. So yeah, absolutely love it. And that's why I love traveling so much, the excitement of it. So brother, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? I am definitely ready to do that. Excellent. All of you amazing small business owners out there. I want to talk to you for just a second. Are you still having fun in your business? Is it still as fun as you thought it would be? two, three, four, five years ago when you first got started, chances are if it's not, it's because you're not making the revenue that you thought you would. You're putting more hours in than you ever imagined that you ever would put into a job. And you're just really just kind of keeping it afloat. And that's not a great way to live. I want to help you with that. I want you to have as much fun as I'm having on a daily basis. I don't know that you'll ever be able to work out of your home like I do because of the nature of your business, but I want you to be able to spend more time with family and improve your health instead of degrade your health through spending more time at work, more time in the business. I want you working on your business instead of in your business. Now, if this is your first exposure to me, chances are you don't know me from anybody. And I totally get it that you would question, who is this Wally guy? What can he really do for me? So here's what I'm going to do for you, for all of you. I'm going to offer you 30 days free into two of my programs, my DIY program and my group mastermind program. I'm not going to lay it all out right here because I want to get back to the conversation. But go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. I've put a short video there introducing myself and I've put some more information there that you can evaluate and take a look at what it is that I can do for your business. And look, I am willing to work with you for 30 days because I am very confident of the results that I can give you in your business in the first 30 days of you working with me. In fact, on our first 45 minute conversation, I'm going to show you where you have ten dollars to $50,000 hidden in your business. That's child's play for me. I'm not only going to show you where that's at, I'm going to give you strategies on how to uncover that money that's hidden in your business. Now, you can either go to the show notes of this episode or go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share with men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Um, you know, I, I'm going to give three questions. And the goal to answer these questions for everybody is to help you get clarity on what it is that you want to be able to do. 
because one of the things that I've found, uh, Wally, is when I have clarity, it provides a specific power. And it's the power to, number one, decide on what action I want to take. And number two, to actually act upon it. And so I want everybody to, I want you to answer these three questions because uh, this is an exercise one of my mentors gave me to help me gain the clarity. And the first is, um, if every, you know, if you were able to be, if you were able to have everything you want, wanted to be, um, or everything that you wanted to be known for, um, what would that, what would you want to be if you knew you couldn't fail? That's the first question. The second question is, if you knew everything that you touched would work, what would you do? And lastly is, um, what would you have if you knew you couldn't fail? So by answering those three questions, which is the be, do, have exercise, it should help you to gain clarity on what it is that is really important to you in your life. And by having that clarity, it will give you power to decide on what what you want to do and most importantly to start to take action uh, towards that uh, towards that goal yeah love yeah. it yeah action is my number one word of of all things absolutely oh, yeah. so what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life you already mentioned a couple as far as you know the uh, miracle morning and whatnot but um either you can get a little bit deeper into that or bring up some other habits that are a huge impact in your life yeah, number one is so I, I think one of the things that I've started to learn is really about focusing on on me. So uh, if you if we use what the process that I'm following now, it is uh, the savers with the with the miracle morning. I think that's one thing. The other thing is I've learned to that being uncomfortable, it's okay. Um, and I guess that part of that is when you've you know worked and traveled now throughout some 86 different countries, just kind of being different is okay. You learn from that. And one of the things that I'm continued to work on is when there is something that is in my gut, there's a question that I need to have answered. I ask the question. It doesn't matter how stupid other people think the question is or whatever, but it just it gets it out there because it allows me to continue to be transparent. If I think this something doesn't feel right, and then I'll ask the question. If I don't really understand something, I ask the question um, so that. I can once I guess it comes back to being able to be clear and make sure that there's no confusion between uh, between anybody. Uh, and that happens in, in relationships uh, with kids, wife or even with, um, you know, with negotiations on new uh, multifamily properties that we're that we're a part of. So I guess those would be the things that kind of come to the top of my head right now. Excellent. What are you reading or listening to or what would you recommend our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? Um, you know, what? I just finished a book uh, by a guy named Ryan Holiday. Uh, it was called The Ego is the Enemy or Ego is the Enemy. Um, and I just started uh, another book, uh, which uh, I think it's The Obstacle is the Way. Uh, and those, I guess the, the Ego is the Enemy, Ego is the Enemy has been I'm in a moment of reflection after having read it. And I realized that, you know, sometimes we do do things that are more based on ego or fear uh, than anything else. So that that's at the top of my mind right now. I know we talked about the miracle morning, uh, but there's one book actually, and it's, it's more of a kind of a finance history, uh, book. It's the large, it's the biggest book I've ever read in my life. It's a book called the, the creature from Jekyll Island. Uh, so Jekyll Island's an island just off the coast, coast of Georgia it has nothing to do with Mr. Jekyll and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, and that book completely changed 
my uh, the, it just gave me a new perspective on the way that 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 money works. Um, and anyone who has time to read about history and, and the Fed and money and kind of what happens, it's a great insight. It's written by a guy named um, G. Edward Griffin. Very interesting. Yeah, I had um, heard of Ryan Holiday, but I hadn't, I, and it seems I've heard of that book as well, but all excellent books. I'm um, definitely going to add a couple of those to my list for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I, those, those are really good. Really well, either way, I'll certainly have them linked up in the show notes. So, guys, if you want to, instead of writing all that down, I know some of you are driving or doing at you know doing your workout or whatever it is that you're doing. Don't worry about writing that down. I'll have all that in the show notes, so you can just go there and check it out. So, what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance, Billy? I think it's fear of criticism or or fear of not being right, I guess, and one of the things right now that I'm reflecting on a lot is, is ego and what, um, what Ryan Holiday talked about and how that wanting to be perceived a certain way or wanting to live up to someone else's standards a lot of times will hold us back. Um, and I even think about certain things myself. So that, that, that's something that's right at the top of my mind right now, because I just finished that book. I think it has a lot to do with, um, that response. It's very interesting because ego, you know, it's important to be confident, right? Mm -hmm. But when ego starts getting in the way of your decision-making process or not even your decision-making process, what I get out of that is ego gets more in the way of your ability to learn more, your ability to listen right. to others, especially in your own field, because you yeah. feel, hell, I, I've been doing this for, I've, I've heard this so many times. I, I've been doing this for 30 years and I see it a lot uh, being in marketing. I see it a lot in people's ads. We've been in business mm -hmm. for 15 years. That don't mean crap. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing to me because yeah. you might have been doing business wrong for the last 15 years as far as I know um, but yeah. what are your thoughts on that can you expand on that a little bit yeah I mean so I think part of it is is exactly what you said I mean when when you think you know everything that's probably when you're in the biggest amount of danger there's something to be said for being humble and being curious and 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 genuinely asking questions because you want to learn. And when you can learn, and then it goes back to what you just said, you learn something new and you put it into action. And then that's the way you actually figure out, do you know, or what you just, the theory that you just thought, uh, that you just heard, can you put it into practice? And if you can put it into practice, can you then repeat that? If it becomes repeatable, eventually it will become uh, a skill that, that you have. Um, but if you already think you know everything, then guess what? You're probably not going to put something new into practice. And then that means that either um, you don't you won't be able to really develop that skill uh, or you're pretty soon going to be surpassed by the person who's been working hard or putting act, putting things into action or putting whatever um, you know knowledge that they've attained and putting that into action. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of where I would where I would expand on that. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you? For for me, it's being able to, you know, I consider myself one of the most fortunate, blessed people on earth um, because I am able to, um, number one, I'm, I'm still healthy. I've realized in life that I used to think that that was something that was just given to us. And then when you see around you that that's not something that's there, you know, you're being able to wake up. Uh, healthy in the morning. That's something that's amazing. I'm able to live in a place where I want to live. 
um, which is in Europe. Uh, I'm able to maintain wonderful relationships with the people that I care and love the most. Um, and it's reciprocal. And as a person uh, and as a man, I continue to grow and learn new things about me every single day. Um, and I'm able to provide for my family, not just financially, but also emotionally and, and feeling comfortable with my emotions and learning more about uh, me as a person and those around me, I guess, are just some of the things that um, helps me to feel uh, abundant. And also, too, I guess I'm in this point in my life where I want to contribute to others. And that really, really, really feels good um, because I know that I used to take so much <laughs> because I've always been curious. So uh, all those combinations of things I, I would, would make me uh, that. I mean, that's what abundance is to me. Yeah. That's probably scratching the surface. No, exactly. And I dig it because you, you really hit on it there at the end because being able to live the lifestyle that you want to live, that is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful to be able to do that. But as soon as you take that knowledge that got you there uh, or even got you close as far as you can figure it out and share, start sharing with other people, then that's where real significance and real abundance starts coming into your life. And you're right. It feels amazing. That's where the true... Um, blessings of life truly come out is being able to share what you've learned with others. Uh, I absolutely love that. So man, we are going to have keep on listed in the show notes before we, I let you go. What did we not talk about in our conversation today that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation? It's because I'm working in a, in a corporate role during the day and I'm building the dream at night. And, and sometimes it seems, I, I mean, you, you can get really frustrated very easily. Um, but this is a journey that has just started, but it's only been uh, five years. So I would say, you know, whether you're running on the treadmill or you're listening to your cubicle or you're, you know, or you're walking down the street, if, if you feel it in your gut and or in your heart, then if you, I would say you probably need to go ahead and try whatever it is that you have uh, on your heart or, or, or in your stomach or, or, or wherever um, that, that feeling is. Because um, if you don't, you, you maybe get to a point in life where you regret not having tried something. I think it's better to try something and, and have a learning experience or some people would call that failure. I like to think of it as a learning experience mm -hmm. versus getting to the end of life and figuring out, well, you know what? I wish I would have done that or I could have done that or I should have done that. I think that, um, that should scare you more than, than failure or a learning opportunity. Very, very good answer. And, and I'll tell you, and I appreciate you sharing that. And I want to add to that just a little bit, guys notice, and this is what I'm getting from you, Billy is notice Billy did not wait. He's, he's got his corporate life during the day his corporate job, he's building, and as he said, he's building his dream at night, but he's not waiting. He is living his life. He has been to 50 some odd countries. He did that early on, but he's still living where he wants to live. He's not waiting to live where he wants to live while he's building his dream, because that can take, like you said, it's taken five years at this point, and he's obviously not done, and guys like us will never be done. We're always going to be building. As I always say, we're always going to be improving our foxhole. We're always going to be improving ourselves, our way of life, you know, if anything, improving our, uh, a, a legacy for our children. But mm -hmm. don't wait until tomorrow 
or whatever day until the kids are out of school, until you got to have a certain income level, or until you have that perfect job or that business growing where you want it to. If you keep waiting, then you're just going to take it to your grave. And that's truly a shame. I'd rather you not do that. Billy? Yeah, you know, I, I, I completely agree with you all. I mean, now, if, you, if you don't mind, I'll even share this. I mean, one of the things b- before I started um, sharing in this format, I mean, because I'm in a, a corporate job, I used to be really afraid of sharing outside or, or, or helping to share news beyond that because I was I was afraid of what the criticism or the backlash could be. And I realized that, you know what? This is something that I genuinely love. This is something that my that, that will allow to be it, it's a it's it will allow us to to live the lifestyle even more so that we want to be able to travel freely between the U.S. and, and Spain. And so you have to break through whatever fear that's holding you back. And I'm so glad that, you know, even with my wife being extremely supportive, said, Billy, go. I mean, what, what's the worst that would happen if you go out and, and share? And and I started thinking, well, what if the opposite was true? Like how many great things could happen? And now I start realizing that by sharing um, whether it's through the website or being able to speak to you, Wally, there are a number of people that I've now sp- spoken to from around the globe that are like, Billy, man, you know what? I was having similar kind of thoughts. I'm glad that you did this. Um, and, and they want to find out like, how, what are the, some of the different feelings I was going through, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say I, I know where you're coming from because I've been there and I'm even there now, but you still got to just break through it. Just push, you know, lean into it as a lot of people like to say. And and you'll figure out what's what's on the other side. So, absolutely, one hundred percent, man. I greatly appreciate your insights. I love your lifestyle. I love what you got going on, man. I truly appreciate you. And I just want to tell you, man, just keep living a life of abundance and always continue paying it forward, man. Yeah, you know, I definitely, uh, I definitely will do that. And I, I want to, uh, I want to thank you as well, Wally, for uh, for giving me the opportunity to share. Uh, with uh, with the community and um, you know for the people that are are out there if they if they ever uh, wanted to I know you said you put it in the show notes for they, they can check us out um, and what's going on over at keeponcashflow.com uh, especially for those people that just kind of want to find out a little bit more uh, about what it's like being a long distance investor um, th- there is also if anybody wants there's we did a book we wrote a book on Amazon but I, I'd like to give it to you guys for free and that way also people can find out more about what we're doing. Um, anyone would just need to go to growyourmoneythesmartway.com. Um, and if there's anybody who wants to chat, uh, feel free to, to just hit me up. Uh, you can do that at uh, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash speak with Billy. So um, I really appreciate it, Wally. It's, uh, it's, it's great uh, having a conversation with you, man. Oh, man, it's been awesome. I'll have all that linked up in the show notes. Greatly appreciate that because I was looking at on your website here, Grow Your Money the Smart Way, uh, the download. That is freaking awesome, man. So I'll definitely have them check that out as well. Brother, okay. go out and uh, have an amazing rest of the day and uh, or evening. I don't even know what time it is there. Um, what's that? It's well in the night here. Okay, I figured it was. All right, man, take care, brother. Thanks, Wally. Take care. All right, guys, your action step for this week is for you to figure out what kind of sabbatical are you going to take. Plan it out. Whether you think you can do it or not, whether you think it'll ever come to fruition, plan it out. Make it very detailed. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Who's going to be with you? Put a date to it. Put it on the calendar if it's a year out, two years out, six months out, whatever it is. Put it on the calendar and plan it out and put it in front of you. 
I'm telling you something happens when you do this. Don't worry about the how. Just plan it out and, and make it very vivid in your mind and keep it in front of you at all times. Now, if you are able to just right now stop what you're doing and take a sabbatical over the next couple of weeks, I encourage you to plan it out. These things like this shouldn't be done on a whim. Those are fun, but you should plan this out and go on a sabbatical. Go somewhere you've never considered going before or maybe that dream vacation. But do something that is completely out of the norm for you and see what it does for you. When you get back, you're going to be so invigorated if you do come back. Uh, unlike with Billy where he stayed there 17 years and many others I know as well. Um, but when you, if you do come back, you're going to be so reinvigorated. You're going to be energized and you're going to love life all over again. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.